Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Hope means that I know I'm going. See, the truth of the rapture is to be sure that you know Jesus Christ. He's going to return in the air and we shall meet him. Guaranteed. You don't have to be fearful this morning. I know some people say, Pastor Mark, when you talk about this end time stuff, I'm fearful. Why would you be fearful? If you're a Christian, your hope is in Jesus Christ. There's nothing going to cause you to miss it unless you backslide and walk away from God. Come on home today. What hope we have in our risen Lord that death and the end of this world can't scare us. Today, Pastor Mark will speak on the hope, the expectancy, and the comfort we take in Christ and His promises. Hearing about the end times can put fear in a lot of people's hearts. The idea of this world coming to an end and God's judgment being poured out isn't exciting for most. As Christ followers, however, we have hope. It's more than just a wish, it's an assurance. We know that the end of this world means the beginning of the next, and that is definitely worth getting excited about. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Daniel with his continuing study entitled, A Look at What Happens Before the Tribulation. So will I ever see him again? There was confusion. They're gone. Where did they go? And so Paul has to explain it. Notice what he says here. I don't want you to be ignorant. I want to explain to you what that's going to look like when this takes place. Now, he basically is going to answer their question, and he's going to answer our questions. Now, there's a strange word Paul uses. Look at it. We don't want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep. What does that mean? Well, here's what it means. Sleep was a common word to describe the bodies of departed Christians. You see, if you look at you this morning, what are you? First of all, you're a what? You're a body. Can I hear? Yeah, you have a body next to you. You don't have a ghost next to you. You have a body next to you. But the real you and me is what? Spirit. Can you see your spirit? No, you can't see your spirit. That's the invisible world. So when a, when a person dies, that word body, sleep, is always talking about what? Their physical body. When you stop breathing, they're dead. And the body is asleep, as if it was asleep. And it goes into the ground, that's it. At death, the spirit leaves the body, and the body goes to sleep. And it no longer functions. So there's some people that believe in soul sleep. That when you die, they're wrong. There's no such thing as soul sleep. That they believe this. When you die, your body and your spirit... Go in the grave and you wait till Jesus comes. Okay, let's think, think of what that looks like. I just died. Well, let's say I died 200 years ago. My body and my spirit are in the ground. I'm waiting 200 years. 
I'm waiting 500 years. Are you coming, God? I can't see anything. How many like that? Anybody want a soul sleep? No. Well, why is soul sleep not biblical? Because what does Paul say? Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Now, is your body present? No, just your spirit. You're going to get a new body there, a temporary one, then you get a new one later. How many like that a little better? Absolutely. When the thief was on the cross and he said to Jesus, you have to be the Messiah. I believe in you. What did Jesus say? Well, a thousand years from now, your body will join me in heaven. What did Jesus say to him? Today, today you'll be with me in paradise. Do you got it? So there's no such thing as soul sleep. So Paul's not talking about that at all. What he's saying is when a person dies, your body goes into the ground. That, that's simply it. That's the way it looks. It's, it's finished. It's over. And your spirit is present with the Lord. I want to talk a little bit about funerals because I think this is good. I thought about it yesterday. Some of us think about our funerals. Man, I wonder what they're going to say about me. I like to be there to hear what they say about all the good things they say about me. Now, you're either going to be in a casket, your body, or most of us today, we just are cremated. And people struggle with cremation. Don't struggle with cremation. You don't have to worry about cremation. At 9-11, what happened to those people? They're all cremated. Well, I guess God's going to have a really tough time with that. No, what did you start with? Dirt. You're going back to dirt. All the body does in, in a casket is what? Cremation just speeds it up. It can be dust. Relax. Now, here's what people think. I can't wait to hear what people say at my funeral. You're not at your funeral. For some of you, that's a wide awake. I have to write that down. You're not there. Where are you? You're in heaven. Your body is there in the ashes. Speak. It's over. Doesn't matter what they say. You're in heaven. Praise the Lord. Praise, praise the Lord. All right. Now, got that out of the way. Just want to make sure you're clear. Write that down. For some of you, this is worth the whole week right there. Okay. Now, look at the last part of verse 13. I love it. Brothers, we do not want you to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. You know, grieving is biblical. When we lose a loved one, we all grieve. The Bible tells us in Ecclesiastes, there's a time for grieving. But I came across this, and I want you to think about this. This is, this is really difficult. There's two types of grieving. Hopeless grieving. You see, that means when our friends and relatives die as unbelievers, we grieve for them. But it's hopeless grieving. Why? Listen, we will never see them again. You have to think about that. That's why we preach the gospel. We will never see them again. Then there's hopeful grieving. Hopeful grieving is our friends or relatives die as believers. And the Bible teaches us we will see them again. Amen. Why do we have hope? Well, Paul says, we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring him with Jesus, those who have fallen asleep in him. Paul reminds us that the reason I have hope 
is because Jesus died for my sins. He was resurrected. He came back to life. And the same power that rose him from the grave is going to be that power raises you to life again forever with God. Amen. Now look at verse 15. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive who are not left till the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. I'll explain all of this in a moment. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ, those that have already been believers and died, will rise how? First is the key. You might want to circle that. After that, we who are still alive on the earth, and the rapture occurs, And our left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord for about three weeks. It's a long vacation. No, let's get ready for a good shout from everybody, all the campuses. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Can I hear an amen? For how long? forever. How long is it? We don't have a clue, but it's forever. Awesome. Powerful. Now, this rapture is going to take place. There's two phases to it, as you see that. Now, remember, right after the rapture takes place, what begins? Tribulation. So I'm going to talk about that in a moment. Now, let me explain what happens. What did Paul just say? The people who have already died that are Christians, where are they this morning? Let's see how you're doing. They're in heaven. Do they... Uh, what's in heaven? Their spirits are in heaven. Their old bodies down here. So what's going to happen is, I, I believe actually they have some kind of a temporary body because when we saw on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus was talking to these two Old Testament people. They weren't like spirits there. They had some kind of body. So we don't know what that's going to look like. But the, the dead in Christ who have previously will be resurrected to meet Christ in the air. Uh, again, and, and they uh, are going to be raised first. And as they go in the air, they're going to get their new resurrected body. Wow, fantastic. Now, who comes second? What did Paul say? Those of us that are alive. So the dead come, they come first. Now, why do the dead come first to then be resurrected? We're going to join them in the air, but why do they come first from heaven down? Well, I always use this illustration because they're six foot under. It takes them a little longer to get ready. (laughs) I have no idea why, but that's what's going to happen. So if you have a relative that's died and they're a Christian, they're in heaven, They will be resurrected what? First. Seconds later, who comes? Every Christian that's raptured. Every person that's a born-again Christian is going to be raptured. And we will meet Christ in the air. As we rise, we'll get our new heavenly bodies. Anybody excited about that? See, a lot of us are excited. Well, I don't have makeup anymore. I don't have the heck. I'll finally have hair as I used to when I was 12 years old. All kind of these things. We talk about that. But really what's going to be exciting is this. We no longer will have a sin nature. Everybody here has said this. God, I'll never do that again. Mm-hmm. Tuesday. Okay. I will never be tempted to sin again because it's gone. I'll never be sick. There's no no such thing as special needs. There's no such thing as wheelchairs. There's no such thing as Alzheimer's. Perfect as God designed us forever. Bodies fit for heaven. No more TSA. I can just fly wherever I want to go. 
That's fantastic. First class too, baby. First class. Not this economy stuff. Like, first class. So we're going to get a new body. Can I hear an amen? Come on, be excited about it. Okay, good. By the way, 1 Corinthians talks about that 15. I don't have time to go there today. And then I'm going to be in heaven. You talk about family reunion with everybody. Christians from old days, all the, our relatives are friends. Sometimes when we mention family reunion, mm, it's not such a good thing. <laughs> At Christmas, who's coming? Oh, yeah, yeah, really? Okay. But this is going to be a great family reunion. An awesome family reunion. So when I get there, when I get there, it's going to be this incredible family reunion. But by the way, not just people like, that look like us, from every nation, every tribe, every language around the world. That's what it's going to be like. See, there, there's no prejudice with God. We're all made, doesn't matter your skin, your color, what you look like, what you like. We're all made in the image of God. And we're going to be together as a family. Now, after the rapture comes the tribulation. Notice this verse, Revelation 6, 17. For the great day of their wrath has come. Now, what is the wrath of God? Here it is. The wrath of God is his divine response to human sin and disobedience. You say, well, Pastor Mark, what kind of a God? I thought God was a God of love. He is, but he's a just God. And eventually, you know, the, you know the verse, you know the principle. What we sow, we reap. So this time during the seven years is God pouring out his wrath on people who refuse to believe, absolutely refuse the grace of God and worship the Antichrist, false. They, they have no desire to worship God. In fact, after all this happens, those people curse God instead of submit to him. Now, look at first, why, what is the purpose of the rapture then? Look at First Thessalonians 5, 9. So the tribulation is seven years of God's wrath. The church is going to be taken away. Christians are going to be taken away before. Why? For God did not appoint us to suffer, what? Wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, God didn't appoint his followers to experience wrath. Now we have trouble in this world. We have sickness. We have sin. We have all these things. But that's due to the world we're in. All this stuff that's happening in our world. That's not that's due to God's wrath. When you picture God's wrath, it, God provides grace, a way not to experience his wrath. But sinners, all of us were sinners. When we accept his grace... We, we no longer have to be subject to God's wrath. You don't ever have to worry about it. But if you reject his goodness, his offer of salvation, his grace and mercy, then you're subject to that wrath. So the rapture actually has two aspects, salvation and wrath. For the Christ follower, it's the completement of my salvation. See, when I was saved, I was saved from sin. Now I'm saved to kind of become like him. That's what I'm doing all these years. That's what you're doing. I'm saved from the power of sin. Initially, at salvation, I was saved from the penalty. But now I'm, I'm trying to defeat this. Eventually, when I get to heaven, I'm saved from the presence of sin. No more sin. No more temptation. It's gone. That's the completion of my salvation. Now, for the unbeliever, it's a time of experiencing God's wrath on the earth because they've always rejected. There's only one sin that sends you to hell. It's rejecting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's it. No other sin. Now, 
Jesus who rescues us, 1 Thessalonians 1.10, Jesus who rescues us from the coming wrath. Now, when will the rapture take place? Here's where you go. Matthew 24.40. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken. The other left. Two women will be grinding at the hand, with a handmill. One will be taken. The other left. That's a picture of the rapture. Believers go, unbelievers stay on the earth. Now, the next event on God's prophetic calendar, so you'll understand this, is the rapture. It's signless. There is no sign. Unlike the tribulation, if you happen to not get saved and you make it through by a miracle somehow, get saved during the tribulation, do you know the end of the tribulation? Of course you do. How long is it? It's seven years. You know the end of that. Now, we kind of know when it starts. It's right after the rapture. But we don't know when the rapture is going to happen. We have no idea when it's going to happen. But on the last week that I go through Daniel, I'm going to tell you that the signs that Jesus gave us to lead up to the end of time. I'll give you those signs that week so you don't want to miss it. It's current stuff. So Jesus cautions you and me to be ready. This indicates that the sudden removal of believers will leave the unbelievers seven years under God's wrath. The whole body of teaching concerning the rapture emphasizes one thing. It will happen suddenly without a warning. Jesus himself was careful to warn his disciples just to always be ready. So how should we be living? While this might happen, it may not happen. Here's what I want you to write down. Five things. Number one, we should be ready for the rapture. You want to be a real Christ follower. Jesus says it like this, therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. See, it's instantaneously. You're not going to be driving your car and, and your wife says, hey, I got, a, I got a text immediately, a warning from Fox News. Rapture occur in 10 minutes. It ain't going to happen. It's signless. It's signless. So it's instantaneous. It can happen at any time. Let me show you what that looks like. Paul writes this, and he gives us a little instant snapshot of what that looks like. But let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We will not all die, speaking about those who are going to be caught up in the rapture, but we'll all be transformed. It will happen in a moment. Say it with me at every campus, in the blink of an eye. When the last trump is blown, for when the trump sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever, and we who are living will also be transformed. So the Bible says that uh, this, this rapture will occur in the twinkling of an eye. How fast is that? You know, there's a lot of people that make excuses for coming to Christ. And there's some people who say this, well, when the rapture happens, I'll get ready right then. Really? Twink of an eye, huh? I practice this myself. Let me show you how the practice goes. This is an unbeliever. I'll be the unbeliever. Um, when, when I see that person leave from the seat next to me, watch me. I'll be saved in a twinkling of an eye. And they do this. God, forgive me and save me. Up, oh, too slow. So they shorten it. God, forgive. Way too slow. God, too slow. G is too slow. G is longer than a twinkling of an eye. Now, I made fun of that, but it's not funny. You see, if you miss the rapture, 
and you have no chance of going in it at the last second. Not a chance in the world, ever. If you miss it, at best, what will you experience? Hell on earth for the next seven years. Now, many of those people will become believers because they saw it happen, which they never believed before. But most people, you will lose your life because you waited and you disobeyed the Bible, which says today is the day of salvation. You see, you're either going to go up in the rapture if you're a Christian or you're going to die. Every person is either going to miss the rapture or die. It doesn't matter. You're going to die. And so the only chance at death is to say to Christ before you die. You say, well, I'm going to wait till that day. That's foolish. But see, the, the smart thing to do is just be ready all the time. Understand that. Here's number two. We should be living pure and holy lives. Paul says it like this. May he, as a result, make your heart strong, blameless, and holy as you stand before God our Father. When the Lord Jesus comes again with all his holy people. See, since it's instantaneous, you don't want to be playing at your relationship with God. Uh, numbers of people came up last night and this morning, basically said, I've kind of got away from God. I backslid. I need to be ready for God because I don't want him coming. And I miss it because I'm, I'm living a sinful life. You just need to get right with God. Number three, we should be filled with hope, not fear. Many times we hear this word. Well, I hope my team wins. And some people as Christians, you say to them, you might even be to you this morning. Well, I, if the rapture comes, I hope I go. That's not the hope I'm talking about. The, the, that biblical definition of the word hope, let me show it to you. To anticipate with pleasure. To have full confidence. It's not like, I hope I go. Hope means that I know I'm going. See, the truth of the rapture is to be sure that you know Jesus Christ. He's going to return in the air and we shall meet him. Guaranteed. You don't have to be fearful this morning. I know some people say, Pastor Mark, when you talk about this end time stuff, I'm fearful. Why would you be fearful? If you're a Christian, your hope is in Jesus Christ. There's nothing going to cause you to miss it unless you backslide and walk away from God. Come on home today. There's nothing to be fearful of. It's going to happen. We're going to get a new body. Hey, praise God. I'm waiting for one. All right, here we go. Now, here's number four. We should be filled with anticipation because the rapture represents two things. Listen, transformation, that new body suited for heaven and eternity in a reunion with our lost loved ones, our friends. Paul says it like this, our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. See, we don't grieve as unbelievers grieve because I already told you, we have hope. We know we're going to be reunited with him. That gives us excitement. That gives us an amazing anticipation that's going to happen. And number five, we should be sharing the good news about God's love in the end of the world. As Christ followers, we should be living pure and holy lives. We should be filled with anticipation for the rapture. Today, Pastor Mark challenged us by asking if we're ready to die, ready for eternity. He also showed how believers can have biblical hope. This hope is a pleasure-filled anticipation and a full confidence. Does your life today reflect one that's filled with hope and expectancy of Christ's promised return? 
Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. What good things and what bad things can we expect during the Great Tribulation? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will show listeners how this will be the worst period in human history, literally hell on earth. He will also reveal some of God's purposes for the tribulation. Ultimately, man will have a choice as man has a choice today, God or Satan. Only you can make that decision for yourself today. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.